Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with something in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. This week, in the red corner, Kevin Costner finds himself in a love triangle surrounded by America's most famous diamond, the baseball field, as he and Tim Robbins vie for the affections of Susan Sarandon in 1988's Bull Durham. While in the blue corner... Kevin Costner is putting himself in the centre of another love triangle. This time, he's trying to steal Don Johnson's birdie by winning the US Open. From 1996, it's Tin Cup. After 12 years in the minor leagues, I don't try out. Besides, uh, I don't believe in quantum physics when it comes to matters of the heart. What do you believe in then? Well, I believe in the soul. The cock... The pussy, the small of a woman's back, the hanging curveball, high fiber, good scotch, that the novels of Susan Sontag are self-indulgent, overrated crap. I believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I believe there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing AstroTurf and the designated hitter. I believe in the sweet spot, softcore pornography, opening your presents Christmas morning rather than Christmas Eve, and I believe in long, slow, deep, soft, wet kisses that last three days. Good night. Oh my. must think I'm such a loser, lousy driving range pro. Local legend Roy Tincuff McAvoy, the best player to never hit the big tie. It's an easy game, this golf. Wasn't going anywhere. Oh. It's gotta be the woman. I thought you said it was a virus. Well, a woman can have the same effect. But ever since Dr. Molly Griswold got inside his head, I think I'm in love with you. He's been changing his whole approach. So it's a sexy sporting showdown this week, but which film will take on the trophy? Which will be victorious? Let's find out. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. 
Hello, Clash Butters. I'm just happy to be here. I hope I can help the podcast. I just want to give it my best shot and the good Lord willing, things will work out. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. Woo! Yay! How are you both? Good. Excellent. Any news? How was your Halloween? It was really nice. Yeah. Yeah, I told you, I drank uh, Midori Sours. Which you said were awful. They're not, they're not, they're not delicious. It's partially, it's because I haven't had Midori since I was about 16 and I, I had... Didn't uh, know you could still get it. Yeah, Amazon provides. Right. Um, did you ever have, it's vile, it, I can't remember what it was even called, maybe like a frog or something. It's like Bailey's and a shot of Midori in it and the Bailey's curdles. It's fucking disgusting. No, we had a different version of that where you put the Sambuca in, then a layer of Bailey's at the top mm. and then you drop a bit of grenadine through oh. the centre and it pulls the Bailey's down yeah. and suspends the grenadine yeah. clear in the Sambuca and it was called a test tube baby. <laughs> You asked. Oh, the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then I haven't had Midori since then, so there was a little bit of reflux when I drank it, but I got into it. It was all right. All right, Chris, good Halloween. It was a week ago now. Excellent. Welcome to part one of Bull Durham versus Tin Cup. These were my choices this week. <laughs> they really were. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> Me? Oh, uh, so, so I've been nervous all week because obviously I might have pushed you in this direction and uh-huh. being that they're both sporty movies, I'm a bit scared. Did you have horrible weeks watching these or was it okay? Oh, honestly, one of them I, I'm secretly in love with. Okay, yeah. this is exciting. One of them I'm secretly in love oh, with as well. Hey. How do you feel about the other one? <laughs> I, I think it might be one of the worst things I've ever seen. That's how I feel as Amazing. well. Amazing, hooray. Oh, wow. Interesting. Uh, well, I have never seen either of these films, uh, but I do love a new movie that I've missed before. An empty space on my movie CV. I love Costner. You know I love a sports drama. Big fan of baseball as well. So I was excited to see these. Excited to see these. I hope you enjoyed them as well when you did your homework. Uh, so the clue I gave on last week's show was <laughs> the cost <clears throat> of love is playing the game. <laughs> and if you thought that was bad, Chris followed that up on Twitter with a video of us in a little love triangle trying to trying oh to win God, Vicky's oh God, heart. I forgot about that. Oh, trying yeah. to win Vicky's heart. Oh God. She, couldn't, she couldn't decide between the pair of us. New rule. New rule. <laughs> this is do the video, <laughs> then drink. Do not drink and do the video. The thing is, I, I remember you doing a video, but I don't remember me having anything to do with it. You're not in it. You're just at the far side of the camera right, going, fine. are you fucking with me? <laughs> <laughs> You're pranking me. You're pranking me. <laughs> He's not. You are too. <laughs> you wouldn't accept that this was actually the clue because it no. was that bad. <laughs> and it also goes on far too long. We need to put a stop on how long the clues on Twitter are because that was, for want of a better term, a long-form video. <laughs> Your guesses were found on the digital sports field. It is our Twitter at ClashPod. We're also on Instagram and TikTok at ClashPod with loads of saucy extras and videos from the show. And if you're in the business for a little extra clash completely free of charge why not check out our youtube channel for some lovely videos from the show with some of the best bits of clashing from the last few years just search clash of the titles on youtube it's all very nice so uh guesses wise uh, you know what happened chris one person one person which means what we nailed it somehow <laughs> wow somehow. those clues were perfect well, there we are <laughs> somehow those clues were perfect. So well done to our winner, Tim Parks, a first-time winner, I believe. Congratulations, Tim. Your prize is a shower shoe covered in fungus. <laughs> uh, I'd love to say it's the one you've seen in Bull Durham. It's not. It's one Vicky found at a local swimming baths. Send us your address and we'll get that prize to you ASAP. <laughs> 
Connection section. I'll start. Kevin Costner. Ron Shelton. Oh, Kevin Costner. If you have sex with him, you will fall out of something or off something. Out of bed or off a sofa. Oh, yeah. Very specific. I mean, there's... so he's a clumsy lover. <laughs> you see, though, in Ron Shelton, there's a lot of similarities, and he's using a lot of the same stories, tricks, plot lines. Yeah. There's a lot going on here, I think, that's the same. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they learn the same sporting lesson, don't they, to stop thinking? Don't think. Yeah. Yeah, Power trees in both of them. Heroes who talk to themselves slash psych themselves up. Don't get to be started. They both both end up with records they don't want, the most home runs in the minor leagues and the most shots on a single hole in a major. But does he not want it? I think he does want it in Bull Durham. Yeah. Secretly. Uh, Stars who adopt fake humility when on TV... Both Tim Robbins, he's taught to do it, and Don Johnson is oh, all about nice the fake one. humility. Yeah, yeah. Costner hits a ball with a baseball bat in both movies. <laughs> mm, true. Um, <laughs> true. In, in the Happy Gilmore segment. <laughs> uh, they're both about women who are with the wrong guy at the start of the movie. Ron Shelton said they're both about 12-year-old boys. I think that's kind of true. Okay. In that about... both the characters are, ch- are children. Right, right okay. Yeah. Any more? Uh, both got gambling, betting sidelines in them. Um, it's, there's a lot. There is Ron's, a lot. Ron's doing, doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they both had uh, different working titles that were much worse than the titles they ended up with. Go on. <laughs> uh, Player Yet to Be Named was Bull Durham's working title. Right. And The Eyes of Eagles was Tin Cups, which is really bad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> you know when you hear the title of a movie and your brain immediately goes, oh, there are so many ways you could turn that into a great pitch. The eyes of an eagle. Brilliant. Uh, okay, so on Thursday, uh, Chris is going to be dealing with the eyes of an eagle, mm-hmm. which means today V is hopefully going to explain the rules of baseball to us. So by the end of the show, we'll all be fluent in both love and what an RBI is. V takes on a journey. Hi, I'm Annie Savoy and I'm a groupie, but don't judge me because I also love Susan Sontag, so I'm way more complicated than you think, also feminism. Hi, I'm Crash Davis and I'm waging a war with myself over talent, longevity and legacy, but I hate Susan Sontag, so I'm way more chill than you think. Also, the irresistible lore of a gorgeous, unreconstructed man. Hi, I'm Susan Sontag and I'm puzzled I get mentioned multiple times in a sports movie to overtly telegraph the hidden depths of people who love sex and sports, like sex and sports, might be considered shallow without me. Anyway, Annie and Crash have to get Nuke ready for the major leagues and use a classic pincer movement of shagging him and calling him names, which does work actually because the brilliant thing about sports movies is it's super easy to depict change. Did man throw a ball good? Did man hit ball good? Man has changed. You don't need a voiceover or a lengthy chat with yourself. This film does both though. But just before I died of rage about being so profoundly patronised by a movie that is tripping over itself to show me its big boy clever pants, hello Walt Whitman and William Blake, I realised the greatest sports movie ever made is actually a rom-com more than it is a sports movie and so I forgive it 100% because of my rom-com blind spot, although it loses points for missing out on several obvious reach-around opportunities. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing I really uh, thought about this time is this this isn't a sports movie. This yeah. is a rom-com because obviously the last half hour, there's no more sport. No. We're just done with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking, I'm going to talk about it like it's a rom-com, which. Sure. Yeah, I think that's abs- yeah. I think that's thoroughly valid. It is. It is. Until Chris inducted me into the Selhurst Park Massive and Crystal Palace. <laughs> Baseball was the only sport I ever loved. Like I went to Yankee Stadium once and went, this is my sport. Yeah. I finally found the sport. I can converse with men about sport. 
if they like baseball, which very few people do in this country. <laughs> but like, so, and you know, Moneyball's my favourite, one of my favourite films ever. So I was so excited about this. A baseball Uh-oh. sports drama with a bit of rom com. It ain't that at all. No. There's no fucking baseball in this piece of shit. Oh, no. I can't believe that we're the inverse. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. I was it. sitting here being very quiet because I had no clue. I can't believe you think Obvious- Tin Cup is good. You're mental. No, this is going to be fun. <laughs> Tin Cup is great. Oh, my days. Mm. It's also my first time watching. And when you mentioned it, I've heard of it and I knew about it and mm. I knew it was about baseball and it just didn't, it just fell off the radar sure. kind of thing. Then I read the premise before I, just the premise, didn't skip to the end, <laughs> just before I started watching it. So what is it with you and reading about the movie before you watch just it? Just very lightly, just to know what I'm getting into. So then it was like, Annie Savoy is a group. And I was like, fuck it, I'm out. Like, no way, mm. no way are you going to get me on board with a groupie. I've never understood groupies. It's good for them, whatever, but I don't get it. Like, I do not understand the pull of it or the lore or why you would want to do that. Like, it's not not because of the sex, but just because everything I read is like, oh, being a groupie is cool because it's like proximity to power. And I don't get that because I would just want that power for myself. I don't want to be close to it. I want to have it. So Ooh, being a groupie is not cool. Now we, get, now we get podcast groupies. You're into that. Well, specifically, I mean, yeah, obviously. I, I, I will say uh, the, the the specific Vicky Clash Pod groupies, they're okay, right? Are they getting a pass? How does this work? I don't know what you're talking about. You have groupies. Yeah, you do. And it feels like you're sort of undermining their groupiness. Do you? Groupiness? That's right. Listen, wrong. obviously, as I've just said, I want the power for myself. Why do I want that power? So I can have groupies. Yeah? Right. I don't want to be a group. I don't want to be okay. anybody's groupie. So you're happy for groupies to exist and be 100%, your groupies? Yeah, okay. I just don't want to be one. Right. I want to be on the other side of that. It's also like um, when someone unmeets, doesn't happen very much, I guess, these days, but like when you talk about, well, through the ages, like so-and-so was someone's muse and it's like, oh, that's cool. I would hate that. Why would you want to be the muse rather than the person that was struck with the talent kind of thing? Like it's not, it's a portrait. You can have both, obviously, but it's just groupies is never something I've really understood. It's never a band you loved that much. Yeah, of course, but I would want to be that person. I don't want to shag that person. All right. All right, fine. I want to do both, but I don't want to do one over the other. Okay, anyway, we can't (laughs) keep talking about groupies. So so this is the first time I've seen this film. You have also established, Mm. you, Alex, have never seen it. Chris, what about you? Well, as I said, there's loads of Ron Shelton interviews about this film because of this book he published uh, last year or the year before about the making of the film. And so in one interview, I was really interested in him saying that he hates to admit it, but he loves good reviews. The critics mean a lot to him because that's how people find his movies. He's one of the only filmmakers that's reliant on critics and good reviews. And that's exactly how I found Bull Durham. The the year that Empire started was 89. And I think the second or third issue, Bull Durham came out on video and they gave it this incredible review. And I thought, oh, I've got to see that. Whereas I wouldn't have normally gone to see, watched a Kevin Costner um, baseball movie because mm. Kevin Costner wasn't a big star yeah. yet. And, and I wasn't interested in baseball. So I watched off the back of that and I didn't really enjoy it because it's not a book, a film rather for a 12 year old boy, really. No. No, no, no. And no, so no. I was... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I didn't get it. <laughs> and so I was super keen to revisit it because I haven't over the years as, as a grown-up. And I think both of these films hit a little different when you're in your 40s versus when you're a teenager, which is how old I was when I watched both of them. Yeah, I'm glad I watched it now. Um, so speaking of reviews, uh, this, that's a great segue for me into the background. Thanks, I got the nod. Mm. <laughs> wow. I didn't even see it. I was looking straight at you. Have I got red? That's really powerful. You have. I think he winked. (laughs) And a thumbs up. Jesus. What's got into you? Why are you doing this? (laughs) 
What's going on? I don't like that. <laughs> no, it's no weird. that's too earnest. Don't do that. <laughs> All right, fine. So, uh, like Chris has said, a lot of this is in this book that was released in uh, July this year called The Church of Baseball. I haven't read it, but um, you should. So, uh, this film is written and directed by Ron Shelton. He was a minor league baseball player. He played for five years and then he quit because he realised he wasn't going to make it to the majors. And he was, and, and then I think there was a strike or a, yeah, there was a, the majors were going to strike. Right. Okay. So he started thinking about what strike is a, a weird term to use. Because oh, sorry. Obviously... They were going to stop working. Sorry. There will have been many, what many call, strikes. What do they call a strike? They were going to do a walkout. Fine. Okay. So he started to consider his future under the, under those conditions anyway. And then once they decided not to do the walkout, he's like, I've kind of already made the decision to leave, so I'll leave. Um, and then he starts writing. He wrote, he wrote Under Fire, which I thought we'd done, but we haven't done, have we? Um, and then something called The Best of Times, which I'd never heard of. Desperate to see that. You cannot see that in the UK. I've never Best heard of it. It's, it's Kurt Russell and Robin Williams. Yeah. And it's, sports, it's a sports movie as well, yeah. uh, but it wasn't a hit. And importantly, on Under Fire and The Best of Times, he did second unit direction. So then he uses his experience. I heard it was called The Player to be Named Later. What did you... You said The Player th- Yet to be Named, but anyway... Words to that effect. Nonetheless. The player to be named later, you know this, Alex, because of your expertise around the baseball game, yep. is a real thing. Yep. I don't really get what it means. Oh, do you not know? No. <laughs> All right, fine. It's... Let me just clarify. Yeah. I kind of enjoyed watching it, but that's where it ended. I didn't do a lot of research. But you can figure out what that is. You can figure out what, I mean, I don't know, but I can figure out what it is. Yeah, they, they, did, they two clubs decide to make a trade. They just haven't said who they're going to trade and then right. whatever. Uh, all right. So anyway, the play to be named later, that was also about a pitcher and a catcher. But then um, uh, Ron Shelton's like, I'm going to try and do this from a woman's perspective. And so he creates Annie Savoy, this groupie. And then the rest of it falls into place. The, from the, there. The, the other thing I heard him say that in the initial pitch, when he got in the room, he had catcher, pitcher, woman's point of view. Yeah. And um, Lysistrata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then he's like, oh, the studio's knocked it back. It's like, maybe don't call, don't go around saying I've got a Greek tragedy, but it's baseball. Just say it's about baseball. So it's the, Alex, Lysistrata is the Greek tragedy where the women decided to stop having sex with the men until they stopped war. War, yeah. So it's a comedy, but it's... Well, I mean, it's a great concept. And, and that was part of the idea here. And, you know, there is a point where someone stops having sex with someone else for a period of time. and Yes. Um, it's, so it obviously changed, but... Um, no, he said that's what got them interested in the interview I heard. Yeah. The, the Lysistrata angle. Yeah. Nonetheless, no one wants it. So it does the rounds and then he gets Kevin Costner and then still no one cares. And so this is what I was saying before about the review. Still no one is interested. Then Orion, who have the script, who've had it like three times by now or something, they see a review, just a review of No Way Out. Mm. And that review in the New York Times says that Kevin Costner is going to be massive. So Ron Shelton says, Orion are like, oh, we've got his... Because Kevin Costner is attached to... Had he not Goldrum. done The Untouchables at this point? He had done The Untouchables, yeah. Which was a massive hit. I know. I don't understand the timeline. I don't get it either. But I think it was only the year before The Untouchables. Right. And so it might not have come out when they're trying to get this off the oh, ground. Okay, that makes they're, sense. They're, it's all about the same timeline. No, no way out and Untouchables and then this. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, you know, basically... He's going to be a huge star. They've got this script to which he's attached. So they've got his next film if they want it. So they do want it. But it's going to be super low budget. Ron Shelton can direct. He's got creative control. They don't, re- it's like, it's fine. Um, they're not going to be massively involved. I don't think they had very high expectations. And they didn't really like it as well. <laughs> <That's the other laughs> thing. So you've got Tim Robbins as LB, Ebby, Calvin, Nuke, Lelouch. But- uh, real name. Is when it? he was when he was writing it, um, he uh, was eating dinner somewhere, and the waiter came over and said, "Hi, I'm 
whatever that name all is. That, yeah. Uh, but my friends called me Nuke. And he was like, <laughs> I'm having all of that. <laughs> You've got so many other good names. Um, so you, Chris, told me last week, you were like, oh, have you read the story about Anthony Michael Hall? Right, so what is this story? Because I couldn't find it. And oh, I was, okay. It was the first thing I looked up. I'll tell you what I found. It's not that explosive. It's just very rude. It's just super Oh, yeah, it's not is. explosive. It's just yeah. rude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So they don't want Tim Robbins. The studio don't want Tim Robbins. They want Charlie Sheen. He signed on to do another baseball movie, the name of which I've forgotten. Anyway, that's not going to happen. Major so, League. Thank you. So then it's all about Anthony Michael Hall. So they go to meet him. He's half an hour late. I don't think that's such a big deal, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and then he sits down and he's like, yeah, I haven't read it. He's brought a posse with him as well. Oh, did he? Yeah, he said he was with eight eight dudes eight to this <laughs> to this meeting. Yeah. <laughs> he was doing the voice he loved so much in Weird Science. Yeah, that might have been a, a yeah. challenge. Mm. Mm. So anyway, he sends him away, go away, come back again, comes back again and says, yeah, but I've, I've read half of it this time. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. That's brilliant. I know. Um, <laughs> Second time round. Yeah. I've done half. And it's not even that long or hard to read. Most of his voiceover, which is really easy to read. So anyway, uh, that's, so that's how you end up with Tim Robbins, basically. And then Sue. Thank God. Yeah. You know, Tim Robbins, and it helped launch his career. But he's, yeah. he's great here. And Anthony Michael Hall would have been fine, but he wouldn't have been as likeable. He's not got the likability that Tim Robbins has. Tim Robbins is really, really good in this and it's a very generous performance, I think, Mm. because the other two are going to steal it from you, um, but it's it's kind of your story. So it's quite a generous thing to sort of step back and just inhabit this boyish persona and not try and do anything too too grown up or grand or anything like that. He does talking to himself very well. God, bloody hell, what he after Shawshankles? It's <laughs> that bit where he's like, why are you calling me me? I'm the one driving a Porsche. The he's thing good. is, I, you, I'm going to get it done really soon. Right. But As Well, I'll wait. All right. I'll I'm, wait. It's nothing. I'm just going to say, I'm not going to go on about it. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> it goes on for too long. Everybody talks, I talk to myself. But... What do you mean? Like the voice, like Susan Sarandon and his voiceover or the players talking to themselves? Because they're kind of two different things. They like, are. She, uh, she, I, she well, narrates the, the story. Let's also throw into the mix because Ron Shelton did in your head voiceover. Mm. So we got the we got the whole trinity there of shitness. I don't mind opening with a voiceover. Her, it's Susan Sarandon's voiceover, even though it goes on too long because it's a lot of colour and texture there about what she's into. Mm. Fine. I do mind another three or four. And I do mind, as you know, her saying what's right in front of me. At some point, she more or less literally says, when Nuke listened to Crash, he played well. I've just seen him <laughs> fucking throw the ball. Really? So I, yeah. Oh, you saw a scene about baseball in this? Because <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think I saw any. And then, I don't, so I don't like that. I think in your head voiceover is unacceptable because you've got an actor who can use their face and body in order right. to convey emotions. Right. Talking to yourself, I don't mind. But be realistic about it. People do talk to themselves. I do, but not for two or three minutes. <laughs> Basically, that's all I've got to say about that. All right. uh, so where are we? Susan Sarandon's in it. She's brilliant. And this is where Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon met. And I still can't believe that because when I'm watching them during this, I'm like, you two should not be together. Do you not think? That's how good they are at not being right for each and other. That, and obviously, when it all go, went wrong and, and Ron Shelton said this was by far the worst experience of his professional career making this movie, it was hellish. That's what the book's about. This film that's become beloved, he had a very bad time. And one of the things the studio got angry about halfway through the film was it... Um, 
they they don't buy that Tim Robbins would sleep with Susan Sarandon. No, so when we did. I believe that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like a year later, they were getting married. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but they they it's thought. Bananas. But their notes were that she looked terrible. The studio said she looks really, really ugly in this She's film. Insanely beautiful. Um, in this. And they said it's not sexy or funny or romantic, and you need to wrong, 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 yeah. wrong on all fronts. Uh, wrong about Susan Sarandon looking bad, but on all the other counts, absolutely right. It's not funny at all. There are some funny bits. No. There are, what about, is she called Millie? Millie, Nellie, Millie. 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 She's yeah. hilarious. No, she's not. She is. Nin- 97% <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes and the number really? one sports movie of all time, according to Sports Illustrated I magazine. But not about believe sports. It. Sporting <laughs> I Bible. Literally, I You're read like, it. Have you seen Tinkle oh, though, yeah? What? <laughs> Seriously, though. Maybe they haven't. You don't know. It is long. It's, it is on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Which is brilliant. It suggests they have. Uh, it tested really badly. Really badly. Yeah, she of course fucking it hated it. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> It's just not a good movie. It's wow. just meanders. I literally sat there and was like, I, honestly, I can't. My notes are a page long for this because I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to take from any of these moments. I don't like these people. <laughs> it's amazing that you can make Kevin Costner not amazing. Like, oh, this is exciting because this works. There's some. I think there's some weird magic in this film. Because <laughs> I should hate it on paper. I should hate it. When you came up to me outside, and was like, oh, one of these is good. Yeah, I was like. Oh, Okay, this is going to be a slam dunk this week. And There's then you went, no Baldara! On like, God's greener, I thought we would disagree. A P.S. because it's about baseball as well. The exposition in Tin Cup, he should be sent to jail. <laughs> Unreal. Uh, listen. Do you realise that you, because you qualified for the thing. Yeah, no, he does fucking know, doesn't he? He's worked in golf his whole life. Yeah. So, um, But it's not all a big praise party for this film. Oh, I went on, no, I went on a huge journey. But when I go on those journeys... It's like a convert zeal, isn't it? So, you know, halfway through it, I was like, Chris has made a huge error. And I haven't <laughs> even seen Teen Cup yet. Um, but then when I, then it just, I was like, oh my God, there's one line, which I'll get to where everything flipped, the lights went on for me. No. I know. Was it the end? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm going to do a fun thing. I'll tell you after a break. Yay! Oh my God! All right, don't celebrate, we're in the break. <laughs> so professional. 
fine, but not fine. But I've done it already. Like, don't the voiceover doesn't get a pass just if you're interested. Yeah, you said you were done with the voice. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm done. I'm done. That's it. Yeah, yeah, because it's boring. Everybody knows how I feel about it. And do you know what? It got nominated for an Oscar. So what the fuck do I know? Equals nothing. Didn't win though. It didn't win because a better film won. That's how it works. Yeah, Rain Man. Rain Man. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Right. So. Uh, bear in mind, I don't know anything about baseball and I don't regularly go to a sporting, to a stadia. This is the perfect movie for you then. No, but I found the pull of the stadium in the, you know, everyone's mm. walking towards the centre of town, that sense of community. I think, I think that is very special. Minor leagues though, the whole thing about exciting stuff is like a major league stadium and these huge, like, like cathedrals of sport. This is like, uh, I didn't even know it was about minor league baseball. Yeah, oh, I like I like the local sporting aspect, and I liked how they sort of framed it. Even the way she's dressed, and the fact they're playing "Rock Around the Clock" by Bill Haley. Yeah, and it just felt like they were trying to capture something from the past. I bet that doesn't exist anymore. I think if you go to minor league baseball now, it wouldn't look like that. But there's something you know, the eighties and the fifties. Sometimes talk about they were. They were similar, wise, yeah, yeah, they were yeah. similar decades. And there I are do- scenes where you wouldn't be able to tell, especially because of the car she drives. Later on, when she's mm. with Millie, that's one scene where you're like, oh, that God, that makes sense, because she is dressed up, mm. sort of 50s style, but they've got a little uh, boombox thing that's mm. from the 80s. And he talks about having um, oh, a sound system in his car that I can't remember what it is. Anyway. But, but yeah, like- I, I agree with you, Vicky. I, feel, I like the way they capture that. I, I want to sit there and watch yeah. this on a lazy sort of Friday night. Yeah. Um, but also... So the groupy thing is important to me here because it's quite obvious what Annie is into. And I, it annoyed me at this point and she does turn it around. But then she's like, but I like Walt Whitman and I like, you know, and I like Emily Dickinson. It's like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, I'm a groupie, but I'm clever, so it's fine. Like, mm. I found that really irritating. I think you what, know he I, wrote her as a, a, a man. How he, uh, <laughs> I think what he was trying to, I think what he was trying to do in quite a clumsy... He wrote her as a man and then just changed her to a woman in the script. Um... <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm not sure how to write one. I'll write a man. I think a frog. I think what they're trying to do in a clumsy way, though, is have this the thing that they have in common is their love of words. Because then, when he gets his grand speech later, yeah. it's to do with literature, and it's it's well worded because they both have. This is the thing they have in common. Yeah. It's just it's just a bit clumsy. It's a bit clunky, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but then, so groupiness. Just you can just cover this off for me, Alex. If if um, she's a minor league groupie, does that make you dislike her? Because it's not even like running with the big dogs. No, no, uh, absolutely not. No, no, no. I don't have a problem with being a minor league groupie. I imagine it's easy to be a minor league groupie because you're closer to the players. Oh, I see. Mm. Oh, that's a good point. And he said that he hadn't, uh, Shelton said that he hadn't been to uh, the minor league since he stopped playing. He couldn't bear to. It brought back memory, bad memories. And so he went back to see the Durham Bulls when he was researching this. And the women were literally passing notes like that to the players. Mm. And so that's easy. Bang, I'm having that. Yeah, I love that bit with the note. We'll get there. So then then Tim Robbins is Ebby Calvin Nuke slash Meet Lalouche and he's cocky and he's cute and he's boyish and he's got a million dollar arm and a five cent head so that like means that <laughs> me too he can throw but he's a dumbass so that's going to be the engine of the story then Kevin Costner w- walks in and it's such a weird scene he just walks in so it's like because he's not a massive star like you expect a bit of foregrounding, like he's on his way and he's gorgeous and whatever, but he just walks Days of in. thunder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. But it's just like, oh, look, Kevin Costner's here. Brilliant. Um, so he's here to like fix the kid kind of thing so he can go all the way. And then there's a weird moment where he's like, fuck this fucking game. But yeah, no problem, I'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> wait, wait, he leaves. Yeah, he walks out, I'm not, doing, I'm not doing this. And of course, he's got no choice. He's, like, he's yeah. at that point in his career where it's... I can't believe they made him say, I'm too old for this shit. Because it's it's such a funny thing to hear now because it's such a cliche. But mm. it, yeah, I don't know. He does it all right, I guess. So uh, the boys, they are going to meet Annie. 
This is where she's so good. This is where I started to warm to it, where she says to Crash, do you want to dance? No, she says, do you want to dance or can you dance? And he says, no. And she says, how embarrassing. And so <laughs> she's saying, "You're, I'm embarrassed for you. Mm. But you could obviously read it. It's like she's embarrassed that she asked him to dance and he basically said no. But she, the way she plays it, it's just, it's very mm. um, she's, she's got all the power here. Yeah. She's, she's, in, she's fully in control. So the lads, they go back to her house so she can choose between them. Um, she takes one young lover every season. They have the best season of their lives and she teaches them things. Yeah, so I was I was very good at one sport. I nearly got the England trial. So I was going, you know, I thought I was going all the way when I was a bit younger than him. Where are these women who fuck you to greatness? <laughs> <laughs> Why weren't they in Croydon? <laughs> Write that down, though, because there's something there. Surely this is basically Croydon, wherever this Durham <laughs> It looks nicer than Croydon. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to your giggle, you doofus. What are you doing? Oh, yeah, do they, though? They could, though, couldn't they? Amazing. <laughs> Is it just Chris being so direct? <laughs> it is funny when you do that. <laughs> um, so yeah. there's a slight disappointment in his voice. Like, <laughs> there really should be these women afraid of truth. Yeah, entitlement. <laughs> um, so this is we in rom-com structure. We've now got to do a crash and Annie. They're they're so wrong for each other, but they're so right for each other. Mm. They're so different. It could never work. So you have to. We're going to do it through speeches. And what gets her going is that obviously he's walked out, which is always going to like ignite her interest over this sort of like big puppy dog thing that Tim Robbins is. But then Kevin Costner's got his speech, I believe, in the sweet spot. Softcore and pornography. I don't really know what softcore and pornography is, but whatever. It's better than hardcore pornography. But what actually is it? It's what they used to show when yes. Channel 5 first launched. You it's... don't know what softcore pornography is? Not really. You just... heard... So what we get now is hardcore. Yeah. And softcore is what you'd have on the telly back in the day. Yeah. So, uh, the, the, what were they called? The one with the Chavney in? Oh, uh, the Red Shoe Diaries. Red Shoe Diaries. The Red Shoe Diaries. Oh, yeah. Beverly yeah. Hills Bordello. Um, Everything that nine, Bravo Nine played. and a half weeks, two Moon Junction. All of this is softcore pornography because you don't see, you basically, you're not going to see anything going anything else. <laughs> that is really it. <laughs> <laughs> it really is it. Yeah. Everything stays out of everything. So who, but also, who believes in that? That's what I mean. What's the point, man? What's the, what, do, what is there to believe in? <laughs> well, I think if, you, if you're going to believe in a kind of pornography, you should say softcore pornography. No, no way, man. It's weird to believe in that kind of oh, pornography. Look at you, like, little romantic <laughs> I, only, I, only, I never watch anything going in I've got too much respect for women <laughs> sod off I just I, there's more plot in softcore pornography okay. plot is really what it needs to be about that's the arousing part is it really it really is when, when the structure really comes you together watched, I remember maybe it was my age but you know sneaking down putting Bravo on and watching Beverly Hills Bordello there was always a fucking story in there okay. it wasn't just stuff going in and out <laughs> Uh, opening your presents Christmas morning rather than Christmas Eve obviously and then I believe in long slow deep soft wet kisses that last three days <laughs> what I mean breathe through your nose <laughs> uh, I like the bit where he goes I believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone because obviously he'd then oh, go yeah, on to do JFK, JFK. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised I don't know how you feel I was hoping you would have an opinion on the fact that he kicks off with I believe in the cock and the pussy oh yeah I, I just I felt mean, so upset that it's Kevin quite... Costner said that no, but he was quite a sexual being then. This, yeah, this stopped like, five years later. Robin but... Hood wouldn't say that. <laughs> it just upset me. Yeah. But also believing in them, that's a weird thing to say. What do you mean when you... And then he's like, I believe in the small of a woman's back. And it's like, okay, 
fine, whatever that means. But just to open, to turn around, mm. in a rom-com, to turn around and say, the next thing I say is going to make you fall in love with me. And to open with that is like, okay. To, someone, to use that language on someone you've just met. Yeah. In front of a guest. <laughs> <laughs> I I like I liked though her calling their behavior um latent homosexuality being rechanneled. Yeah. I think she absolutely bosses them. Yeah. Um so then we've got so I now know we're in a rom-com and then I felt comfortable mm. and I and that, I like a sports movie I do like a sports movie. And that's movie. the end of act 1. Yeah. You've got act 1 takes place over 5 hours in one evening and I like it. I think it sets all the pieces up nicely. Yeah. So now this is where it gets kicks up again in terms of its rom-com goodness because I know I'm in a rom-com and my two romantic leads are set apart, which is necessary, that's the law. And then she writes, Annie writes Crash a Note with sporting advice uh, because we've got this other, and then there's another subplot in there about what you'd mentioned before about Crash. If he gets 20 more home runs or something, he's got the minor league record and then on and on. He doesn't really want I mean, it. Don't, but all the rest don't of it. look to me. Okay. I was... Pfft. So Whatever. she writes him the note and they're passing these notes and then he writes a note back and you can't quite see what it says but you can see the word fuck and I think it's meant to say what does it say? Let's fuck sometime. And they send the note back and then Millie's like it says we want to make love whatever and it's like you can't you're not supposed to do that in a rom-com you can't have these feelings all out once you've done the we're so right for each other we're so wrong for each other it all goes underground until the very final act. So it's so brilliant that he's like I am still very much interested <laughs> obviously and then you button that with the scene in the what's it called a bath batting cage where they're mm -hmm. practicing the swing brilliant yep. yep and he just says is this going to happen or not <laughs> it's like you can't do that in rom-coms you have to pretend that you don't know you don't care mm -hmm. and because he says it and to be asked like that I know you said it's not sexy it's not hot but if you're into that person and you both know where it's going to be asked like that and then to say no that's really hot so I was like this is brilliant like I'm fully there's in. a maturity to the way these characters talk to each other because they aren't teenagers yeah and I, I, I agree with you. I like that. Yeah. Uh, so, but she turns him down. So she's got this rule, you know, only one player a season or whatever it is, which mm. is like daft, but it's fine because it's a rom-com. You just need this sort of uh, pretend barrier yep. kind of thing. She's monogamous. Yeah. And he does he make the point here, which I did agree with, that she only she picks a young person so that she can boss them around. So they've both got sort of issues. Yes. And, and, and also because she's a, her problem is she's afraid of commitment. Yeah. And so she knows it will last for one year, one year only. And then she doesn't have to think about the future. Yeah. Um, so then we've got a road trip, which I, I love. A ro I love a road trip and I love a montage. So a montage on a road trip is dreamy for me. Mm. Very, very good business. Um, and then we find out that Crash was in the majors at some point, which is important later. Mm, 21 days. Um, but, so, what? You look like you're going to say something. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. I, do you know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to remember what order these scenes happened in. Okay. Literally, it was just all a mess. Yeah. Well, listen to Vicky, because she's, doing, am, them, yeah, she's doing them I'm in order. It. I literally am. Because she asked me if I was going to say something. I'm saying like I was like concentrating, because I remember there had been a shot of a bus, and there was a guitar on the bus, and then I was like, oh, God, how close to the end are we? <laughs> Closer than in Tin Cup, where the through line is a fucking raggedy mess, quite oh, frankly. Yeah, but it kicks up a gear at the end. <laughs> yeah, it does, sort of. Uh, anyway, so Nuke is actually not improving, even though he's got Crash catching for him, giving him advice. And the team, they have their worst. This is the worst team for half a century. And then Nuke has a stress dream, which is very, very funny. Um, but then he starts to listen. So he starts to wear this garter, which was Annie's suggestion. And he, when he's doing his talking to himself, he calls himself meat, which he doesn't like being called, but it means he's been listening. And then he mm. does, sporting term, good throws. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't stop us getting a voiceover, which I've mentioned, where Annie says, when you listened to Crash, things went well. 
But, you know, it's her by this point and I, I can forgive her. Like, she wears a fascinator to a baseball match. It's fine. I like the bit where when Meat doesn't listen, Nuke slash Meat doesn't listen to Crash, mm. he tells the hitter what the ball wow. coming his way is. That's so, I mean, it, that's so wrong and that's gonna, actually funny. It's yeah. funny the first time he does it, but when he does it the second time, I started feeling very angry, loving sport as I do. It's such a betrayal to fuck over your own team. Yeah, but he wasn't listening. Meat wasn't listening to him. Nuke had to listen. You listen to your catcher. The catcher knows best. Yep. Oh, Doesn't he do that? Isn't there a moment like that in Tin Cup where Romeo tells someone or or even whatever his name is, tells someone. There's a rep- That's a repeated beat in Tin Cup anyway. Trust me. Alex has got pages and pages of notes. I'm sure it will um, It will come up. It'll come up, yeah. When so, we get to Tin Cup. Yep. So Nuke now at this point, he's off the sex because he's putting that energy elsewhere. Rechanneling. Rechanneling. Mm. And um, he's, he's breathing through his eyes like a Galapagos his... lava lizard. <laughs> <laughs> he's respecting the streak, and you've got to respect the streak. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but good rom-com energy there, because obviously Crash doesn't want him sleeping with Annie because he wants to sleep with her. So, very good. Um, what's, what's Crash more jealous of, do you think? Um, the fact that Nuke is dicking Annie, or... Uh, his arm. It's his arm. 100%. Mm. Yeah, the so the arm is the mm. only thing that brings him to violence. <laughs> <laughs> Not that he's sleeping with Annie. Mm. The punch is thrown because you doesn't realise how the, good he is. I guess yeah. that's the lesson he learns over the film, that actually Annie is more important than the arm by the end. Okay. Or his career was at an end. So <laughs> <laughs> might as well. What's left? <laughs> yeah, go where the getting is good. He really does wait until yeah. until absolutely no other team will let him play baseball yep. in the fucking world. And he's like, hey, Annie. Hey, oh my God, I've meant to call. Yeah, I'm just sitting on a swing outside your house. Are you seeing anyone? Um, yeah, I'm sitting on a swing. Outside. I love oh my God, I'll call it until we get to it. The final line is possibly the... F- but actually... I will give this movie something. The final line when we come to it is fucking hilarious. I can't remember it. Oh, wait, I've got it. Uh, we, I love that bit where you've mentioned it, where Crash is teaching Tim Robbins about interview cliches. Mm. And then I wanted to ask you, Chris, yes. you love sport. Yes. Does it not drive you mad that you, whenever, what's the point of an, a post-match interview? Like, I what's the actual point? I don't watch them Do because not. of what you're saying, because people talking cliches. Are not, the odd one you might tune into because every now and then you'll get a player that's got a personality and will listen and answer the question that's asked. Yeah. Or they'll be asked a question that's different as well because the interviewers ask the same question. Yeah. But generally, yeah, I've, I've got no interest in what they've got to say after the match. It was it's, it's, and I thought it was quite a modern phenomenon on like media training and stuff like that but this is yeah, obviously I guess not so, yeah. in the 80s yeah. <laughs> yeah and the manager's more interesting though managers seem sometimes, to be more characters yeah but sometimes the managers will say things are purposely controversial to take the, the heat off their players ah. and so you get sort of the psychological stuff going on but the players they're just taught to try as they say as, as he's doing here just to say just to not say anything at all interesting mm. so you don't become the story or what you've said doesn't become the story yeah yeah, it's also a fan thing as well. I mean, that's part of media training. The more opinions you have, the more likely you are to disagree with potential fans and the less fans you have. Oh, I didn't realise that. Mm. Yeah. If it looks like someone's really lost their temper right at the end of the game and they've scored a couple of goals, then you would tune in for that interview because when people are angry, yeah. that's when you get the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a very funny scene here where Annie is trying to tempt <laughs> Nuke back to bed and she looks incredible. I can't. Im- I just don't know what's wrong with people when they see that. They're like, "She's gross." Like a studio executive. Like, yes. what's what's wrong with you? What's actually wrong with I you? Agree. 
Um, so in order she to do that, it doesn't quite work. I can't now remember the geography. Essentially, what we where we end up is she's like, if you could just take off this stocking, which she can't quite do, she's just basically trying to rub one out on his arm. <laughs> it's, a, it's over. It's over breakfast. It's over breakfast on the kitchen table. And you just don't see that every day. I no. thought it was hilarious. Um, Ron Shelton I love this quote I was like yeah there's like yeah which, there's so much you can take from it he said always make sex fun even funny so he said in the 70s and 80s everyone was trying to be out there with their movie sex scenes and I started asking my friends do you have fun with sex they said yeah Americans presumably um, well why isn't it in the goddamn movie and it's like that is a very good point like it's either very unrealistic or too realistic or very steamy and that's all fine but where we are, you can have fun with it and mm. that's very funny and I think it's really well done um, well, now I've lost my place because I was getting het up. <laughs> Sex can be fun, though. That's nice. It, of course. It's a great moment to just take a breather on while people absorb that. <laughs> yeah, there are fun sacks. <laughs> and I, I think when he was talking about that specifically, it's about the 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 the, the crash sex scene because the milk. it's not it's not the normal sex scene, milk is it? It goes everywhere. It's, it's the painting of oh, the toenails. Oh, yeah, that's gross. Oh, yeah. that one. Okay. Yeah. The I bit don't on the mind. breakfast bar where everything. Well, it's all goes... part of the same session. Yeah, I know. Multiple sex scenes. A, a sex montage. A sex montage. <laughs> yeah, you don't see that every day. You don't. So we're at the point in a rom-com where we have our legally mandated, the argument where we're not really arguing, we're shagging, but we're arguing kind of thing uh, between Annie and Crash. So are you, are you know how I feel about these scenes. Like when they're right, they're fucking brilliant because they're transportive and they are aspirational because you do want that in your life. And you want to. I want to be able to write that and that back and forth. And then it delivers on the story, it delivers on the characters, the language reels you in, you're rooting for them. It's it's beautiful when it's done brilliantly and it, it's really, and it's hard as balls to do. Mm. I think this one just about works, but there are moments where it, the wheels come off it a little bit. I don't quite believe in the, I think it's maybe the ending where it all gets a bit lower and a bit, when he's being rude to her, I'm in it. I'm into it because I do think there are big questions about a groupie when he's like, aren't you dressed a bit fancy for this? Which is him basically saying like, what the, what the fuck do you think you're doing? But it's because he's well into it as well. So, you know, you sort of throw back the thing. that. And you... this is the moment where she realises she wants him. Which I don't like. She should have realised that. I thought you wouldn't like that. I don't yeah. like it. Oh. Yeah, Why do I not like it? I don't know because he's nasty to her and she's like, now I want him. Yeah, he, but she He literally to... kicks her out of his house. He yeah. says, I still want you to leave. Because she knew she did to me when they were in the batting cage. And this has all been a big dance to get to this point. It shouldn't be this big realisation. She should have a, you know, a zinger there and, and leave kind of thing. Mm. So that's the only moment where I was like, mm, I'm not sure. Um, it doesn't end with a kiss, which is good. These scenes do tend to end with a kiss, like a surprised quick kiss. And then a sort of that's enough for now thing. And then they'll come back to it. The fact that it doesn't at all, I think, gives it uh, it's to its credit. Mm. Uh, but stop going on about William Blake. I, you're clever. We get it. It's enough of this. It's weird, isn't it? No, I think what I, I think I just maybe I just expected more traditional rom com beats in this because there's a bit coming up where Newt comes around with his dad and then it's like he's I think they, they've lost a game or something, but he wants to sleep with Annie again. Yeah. And she is like, no, 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 no. You need to concentrate on the majors because he gets the call about the majors. She's like, no, 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 you need to focus on that. And she's basically, she doesn't want to sleep with him anymore yeah. because she's into Crash. Yeah. And so she uses this idea of him getting the place in the majors to sort of get go, rid of get, get, rid of, get rid of him. To me, he needs to then find out 
that she did that because she wanted to sleep with Crash. Yeah. And then him and Crash, Nuke and Crash, can have a bit of a fucking face-off because he's like, yeah. you know, and you never get that. It's like they those two are just mates from start to finish they offer it, with yeah. a little bit of sort of like, oh, yeah, oh, well, you listen to me. Okay, they, no. They oh. have a fight in the next scene. It's, but not a real <laughs> fight. It's like, a, like the, they, he throws a punch and then he's like, oh, can you help me up? And they're back together again. <laughs> it's like you, you sort of, it's these two suitors interested in the same woman, it just feels strange to me that they never go head-to-head about Annie at any point. Because Newt isn't really... When she breaks up with him, he doesn't... He's not upset. He's like, oh, really? But that's fine. It's time for him to move on and he knows it. Sure, but he has been lied to about why she's, like, breaking up with him. That would still be annoying. I mean, she literally said Crash's name while she was having sex with Newt and he was pretty (laughs) chill about it. (laughs) That stupid, which is, is I mean, bewildering. He's a meathead, (laughs) hence meat. Yeah. Uh, So before we get there, though, Millie and Jimmy are getting married. This is the line I mentioned before. I'll try and be quick because I've got a lot to say about it. So I'm still not into this groupie thing. I still don't. It's something I've never never understood and it's going to take a lot to convince me. But when... Uh, Annie is helping Millie with her dress and she says, do, do I deserve to wear white? And Annie says, we all do. And then I just got it. I just got it. The lights went on, the kind of thing. So, so in I, the last 15 minutes, you were like, actually. No, I'm following a rom-com, but I'm still holding a piece of myself in reserve because I'm like, I do not, I don't understand you as a character. I don't understand what a group it is or does, right? Right, okay. Then when she says, we all do... She is so pure. She is. She could be. She could have a really funny line there about. Well, why would I want to wear white? I tried that. Well, you said, whatever. Joke, insert joke here. Mm. She doesn't. She isn't jaded. She has a quest for pleasure, which is really, really pure. And I think probably some groupies do have self-esteem challenges related to treatment in their lives by other people. And that has always been hanging over her a bit for me. Like she might have this thing. She's like, the reason I do this is because of insert bad story here. Mm. But it's not. She just likes sex, and it hasn't coloured her worldview. And she isn't jaded and dark and broken about it. That is just what she wants. And yes, she is, Crash is right that she gets to boss people around, but that's the only fly in that ointment. And that's quite a sweet and innocent fly when it could be. I was uh, abused by several men in my life and now I do this as revenge kind of thing. Mm. And that's the line where I was like, she deserves white and she is a big enough person to think that you do too. Isn't that lovely? It's magic. I thought that just changed the rest of the film for me, mm. which yeah. is just as well because it's about to get a bit bad at the end. <laughs> um, so why do you think it gets bad at the end? I think it needs to end. Um, well, so like you said, we have the wedding, then Crash is fired. Uh, oh, no, sorry. Then they have the fight. Mm. I like the fight, but like you say, it's a, it's a bit of a non-fight. And weirdly, they, they shot it in a brothel. That that, fight. Oh, is that what yeah, that is? Th- no, they shot it in a brothel, and 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 when he was just about to start editing it, he Rochelle was like, "I've really messed up here. These guys just shouldn't be in a brothel. It's this is a romantic comedy." And so he went back to you and said, "I have to reshoot this one scene." And they said, "Well, what do you need to change?" And he said, "I don't need to change anything." He didn't change a single word because in the brothel, um, Roy's playing a piano for some reason, and 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 Newt tries to talk to him. Sorry, Crash. Newt tries to talk to him, and he says, "I'm playing." And he's and now it's just it's. It's a pool cue. Yeah. <laughs> but the scene is identical. Oh, it's fun. just in a different setting because, I mean, the reality is, I guess these guys are hanging out in brothels maybe, but it, it, you don't really want to see it in your romantic comedy. Yeah. So it was a fun, like, there were, there were uh, sex workers around and everything. That's, yes. oh, okay, okay. Yeah, right, it's a brothel. Okay. That's, that's thought, what brothels are. I've heard of them. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, it was empty. <laughs> but it looked like what you would recognise yeah. as a brothel. You meant they shot it in a brothel. It had red curtains. <laughs> no, no, no. The, no. the characters were visiting right, the brothel. Right, I thought yeah, you meant yeah. it was a brothel, but I was like, well, it didn't, well I wouldn't have known it was a brothel. Crash, it was just at a pool table Crash in it. was playing piano in a brothel, which again, <laughs> I quite like to see that cut scene. So here we go. This is what you were asking. So then Crash is fired. That's mm. super rough. But then he goes around to Annie's house. And then he the, he's undressing her. You get, you get the small of the back callback. And he can undo stockings in the film. End the film right there. It doesn't matter. You haven't got an act three anyway. So just have the balls to end it there. Roll credits. The film has ended. We've, we've ended. Oh, no, we haven't ended. No, we haven't. Oh, no. It's, it's bad. So I don't care about the... Right, there's no act three. We did Tootsie. There's no act three in Tootsie. No, none at all. She finds out. He says, sorry. End film. It takes <laughs> less than five minutes. Like that's So it's fine. You can do it. But... To me, it's like someone going, oh, Ron, there's no Act 3. He's like, it's all right, I can, I can add on 15 minutes with a bit of shagging. <laughs> <laughs> so we get falling out of bed sex, bath sex, a pedicure, which oh. I just... You, you like or don't like? I don't like it. Right. Okay. I just think... You surprised, you surprised? I thought Vicky was going to like that. I mean, a little bit. I, I like I'm, having a pedicure. This, this subservience of the man to the woman. I, I, no, it's more like... It just seems like... They're supposed to be so into each other, so you should just be having sex. Where is the time out for the the painting well, with the toenails? I think there's two sex scenes before it and one sex scene after it, so yeah. you need a time out, surely. I don't know. I'm not speaking for you. I'm just saying most people would probably <laughs> want a time out. I thought the joke was that it's meant to look like he's doing... Because she's tired. Yeah, I know up. what yeah, it's yeah. meant to look okay, like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a joke. But also, I think there are women out there who'll be like, oh... Oh, bless him. Don't you think? <laughs> no, I do think that, yeah. That'd be, that would be appealing to... I don't want I don't want my lover Jesus. to be painting. I want a professional exactly. to be doing mm. that. I don't want it to be smudgy. I don't want it to be all claggy. Like I want it to look good. So don't get some <laughs> your, to your do. Your feet should only be touched by professionals. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not what I think. Yeah. I just think you know. Well, it would be free, I guess. So, <laughs> so that's the flip side. That's thirty-five quid you haven't had to spend. <laughs> How much it cost of a pedicure? Oh, mate, I tell you what, that's the cheapest. You can go wild. You can oh, like. Um, what do they do? It's, that's it's, so it's not just painting the nails because they do all. Just before cute... I go through what they do to you, is this a fetish thing? Because if I start talking and you look away, am I Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> no, it's just you know, like you love the thing you hate, the thing you love. I, I can visualize feet in my head and not be repulsed. It's only if I was to see a pedicure actually taking place. It's like worse than watching. I, I, I don't know that Serbian movie. So, <laughs> do you really want me to tell you what they do? Yeah. What, they what's, start... that, what's that Serbian movie called? That Serbian film. <laughs> okay. <yep. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> what is it called? That Serbian movie. You know what, what I mean? Yeah. It's called that. Yeah, I get the joke. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me. A. They, mm. uh, they, they soak your feet. Then they do they put the little fish on. No, I wouldn't do that. I think that's I think that's a health hazard. I think that's unclean. Oh really? You don't know where those fish have been. Well, you know where they've been. They've been on other people's feet. <laughs> it's really obvious where they've been. They don't let them out at the end of the day. <laughs> they come back for the following day's work. <laughs> you, you clock off now, lads. <laughs> Just make sure you're back at eight and clean your teeth. Breath. Clean your bloody teeth. <laughs> I mean, they've been on other people's feet. I'm not mad. You have to have clean instruments. Like, you'll, this will make you feel sick. Oh, if you're going oh great. If, if, <laughs> Apologies in advance, listeners. Everybody, if anyone, everyone, every person's had a pedicure and nails this. If you are paying for a good one and it's not just like polish, as in uh, paint. They get uh, basically a razor and they run it down your feet and then all the skin comes off in like a coil. 
Uh, and the it, underside? Yeah, everywhere. Oh. Like on your heel, here, on your toes, all that hard stuff. They don't scrub it off, they strip it. Like stripping wallpaper. And then it coils up in like a little paper ball. <laughs> <laughs> and then they put yeah, it in the bin. And did then it. yeah, and you, and then and then it's all nice. And then it's all lotions and massage and, and, and pain and it's very nice. But there's a serious skin removal process that goes on okay. for your thirty five pounds. Okay. There you go. Yeah, I, no, think, I, I think I you should sick. have one. I think you should have a pedicure for your next birthday treat and overcome this madness, oh. frankly. Okay. Anyway, God, where were we? So yeah, uh, but anyway, the, the film hasn't ended there and then they have all this sex and then it still doesn't end because then he fucks off. <laughs> so then I can't believe that. Um, then we get another voiceover. With a note. Doesn't say bye, remember. And she's like, I had a fair few of those in my time. And it's like, okay, fine. He's so he's, fucking cool with everything. He's going off yeah. to play his last ever games, isn't he? Yes. He doesn't I quite know like that. He doesn't know, though, yeah. He doesn't know. It's not like he's been given an offer because that one, at least, he's, 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 well, he's going to try. He's chancing it. And I quite like that. When it's your just your just your last shot. Yep. I respect it, and I think she does. I think she respects it as well. It's a bit sad. I've, I think she's a very powerful character, and when she's basically been dumped and she's just sitting back at the game, she, I start to feel sorry for her, and I don't like that feeling because mm. I need her to be like, if she's going to be this strong for this much of the film, it's a shame that that's slightly undermined in the last like five minutes. Sure, or but haven't they both? I mean, he's felt sorry for himself for the whole movie. Yeah. I guess it's. Yeah, she did, maybe she doesn't need this moment. Um, and then I forgive the voiceover towards the end because she's smoking bifters off the floor. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't mind that one bit, obviously. <laughs> it's so wrong. You just don't see that in a female character very much. She's like, oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I think? I have these fantasies. I don't want this to happen. But if I lived alone... I wouldn't have a decor. I think a decor is very fussy. But I could see me crawling around on the floor, finding an old bit of reefer and just being chuffed to bits and just leaning against the kitchen cupboard and, and having that. Is it a reefer though? It's, yeah, how do yeah. you know? I think it's a cigarette. I think. No, it's, I don't think it's a cigarette. Because it makes no sense. Like, no. If you, you'd need to see that she'd run out of tobacco at that point, and yeah, that's why would. she was smoking it off the fucking floor like a weirdo. <laughs> Maybe she's meant to be heartbroken. I don't know. It's quite like... And also, I don't understand the timeline because that sex scene where they knocked all that shit on the floor was quite a while ago and he's left and reached his destination and she hasn't cleared up that milk for about three days. That's gross. Right. That's really gross. And how much of that milk is soaked into the filter tip of the cigarette? Oh, oh. Mm. What? And and turned. There's your heroin. (laughs) What? (laughs) Fine. Drinking a sour... Tip of a cigarette. Gross. Really gross. I don't like milk going everywhere anyway. I find that really upsetting. Of course. Um, and anyway, he comes back. So it's Kevin <laughs> Kevin Costner's on your porch swing. There's not very much you can do in that situation, I don't think. Like, it has to end this way. But the dancing, I've, I'm really surprised at myself. I think it's undignified. <laughs> like, I like dancing and I like it when people do dance. And I like it when people get a bit loose and crazy and we all dance. Mm. But I don't like watching Kevin Costner do this dance. No, but I'm, I'm sure he didn't really like doing it. Maybe as that's well, why I don't but I like guess it. the whole idea is, you know, at the beginning of the film, he was a man who wouldn't dance and refused to dance, oh, and yeah. she felt sorry for him. And so I get it, but it they've just... got this moment. I mean, I, I agree with you. My uh, my problem was I was just looking at the background and that fire hazard. There were so many candles next to so many flammable things and they're bouncing up and down on the carpet. It was stressing me out. Did you not like the final line on the porch? Because obviously Annie is very verbose in this film. She talks about William Blake. She talks about quantum physics and all the rest of it. And she starts to talk to Crash when they're sitting on the swing. And what Mm. does he say? He says, 
I don't want to hear about anything. I just want to be. Yeah. Which is such a beautiful way of saying, shut the fuck shut up. The fuck mm. up. That, that Roman Keating song, isn't it? You say it best. Oh. <laughs> you really do say it best when you say nothing at all. I was like, and she's like, oh, he's back. And I'm like, he's just said, stop fucking talking. That's so true. That's such a shame. Because when I heard him say, I just want to be, I was like, wow. No, no, but because she goes, oh, well, sorry, was I talking to her? She's like, no, no, shush, shush now. Shush, you're going to ruin it. She says she's you like, ha- you've done so much voiceover in this film, Annie. Please stop. And also, a person has to have the conviction of their beliefs. And it's like, if she's like, no, I'm a talker, so you fucking deal with it. When she's like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I was like talking too much. It's like, mm, I don't like that. That's why it was clever that he left once already. There were rules, you see. <laughs> You talk too much. There may be an opening on a team somewhere. Um, and that's the end of the film. Finally, that's the end. Uh, I just want to mention Ron Shelton's worst moment on set. He said he got a call from the studio head during the shoot saying they watched the dailies. Costner wasn't working and they were replacing him with Kurt Russell, who would be on a plane to set tomorrow. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah, and he said he started panicking and sweating and stressing. And then the studio head on the other end of the phone started laughing. And it was actually Kurt Russell taking the piss, oh doing God. an impression of the studio head. That's amazing. Because <laughs> he'd wanted Kurt Russell and yeah. Kurt Russell couldn't do it. It was a scheduling thing. And so and they ended up working together. But what an evil prank. Yeah. <laughs> but quite funny. Very, very funny. Uh, yeah, so um, number three on Sports Illustrated's top 50 sports movies of all time, Raging Bull. Yep. Second, Rocky. Yeah. Number one, <laughs> Bull Durham. Awesome. Not a sports that's, movie. That's fantastic. Not a it's amazing, movie. isn't it? I didn't think I would be a natural fan of Sports Illustrated, but it turns no. out I am. Oh, no, they're good. They're good. It's like Rolling Stone. It's yeah. good writing. Good writing. Uh, all right. Uh, should we do the bits? Yeah. yeah. I'll start with you, Alex. And I don't your, know what my your, best your scene is. enthusiasm is I don't know palpable. One of the scenes where some baseball actually takes place, the bit where... Uh, the bit where Nuke wants to throw, uh, you know, his heater and Crash doesn't let him and then tells the catcher, the, the hitter, that it's a fastball. Fine. Okay. Fine. We appear to have a 12-year-old boy in the room with us at the moment <laughs> with his arms crossed. And you yawned. Honestly, you're unbelievable. <laughs> you didn't want to see me watching this film. Yawning all the time, arms folded, anger, tired. Okay. Um, I've got two, and you didn't mention either of them, and I don't know which one to pick because okay. I thought it was going to come up. I lo- I really like the fi- the first fight between the two of them. I think oh, it's, yeah. I think it's really unexpected where it goes. It looks a bit West Side Story when they're like <laughs> out back. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just thought that was really funny. But I think what I'm going to go for is the scene that the studio was desperate to cut when they were complaining uh, on the mound, where all the players start talking about their problems, and, oh, and the God, coach has brilliant. to come out. Yeah. It's just such a funny moment that yeah, it's such an unexpected really moment in sport. And Costner's trying to contribute, trying to help everyone with their dramas. The manager gets involved, and I just think it's so funny. And yes, it shows what the studio knew about this film. They were like, that one's got to go first because that doesn't further the plot. About the wedding present. About yeah, the can- yeah. About yeah. the candlesticks. Everyone's yes. got a drama. It's really yes. good. Yeah. And the guy's, his, 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 bat, his, his wife his... cursed his bat. Yep. Yeah. I'm having that one as well. That's a great okay. scene. Yeah. Uh, I would say there's, I, like, I think there's great moments. I don't know if there are like really it's like standout great scenes. And it's possibly because we don't have that big sports thing that you would be into. Yep. Um, I did think Nuke throwing balls at Millie while she crouches down and points at her fanny was very funny. Mm. Um, you didn't seem to think so, but I do think that's hilarious. Um, but because of its rom-com, sort of it's perfect, but it's also unexpected in a rom-com when they're in the batting cage and they let it's all laid out. Is this going to happen or not? No. Fucking brilliant. Like, and what's great about that is they're standing either side of those balls 
coming very fast and they have to be on their marks because if she if one of them moves they're getting hit which I think adds a layer of suspense also, for me to this me watching that screaming at the telly but good to let me down because it's unexpected clearly he's holding a bat and she can come around put her arms around his waist and say this is how you do it and I'd be like big tick because there you mm. go that's like legal in a rom-com but they didn't do it no. so saving uh, it for saving it for didn't cut yeah <laughs> Kevin Costner um, apparently had gone into Ron Shelton because uh, he was he played baseball in school did uh, Kevin Costner in college rather right. and he uh, he was a catcher and he said when they were rehearsing or, or practicing or blocking a scene Kevin Costner insisted on throwing out runners even if the cameras weren't rolling what does that mean? Throwing a ball. It means he played the game seriously. Oh, right. Like, he, you know, when the batter, you know. Hits the ball. Or doesn't hit the ball if right. they, you know. If they're they bad make, at it. Yeah, exactly. yeah. got it. Mm. Okay, cool. Uh, what's your most valuable ever, Chris? Ron Shelton. I think he did a good job. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, he made the greatest sports movie of all time. That's true. So I've got to give some power to him. But there's so many lovely bits of dialogue here. Not all of it works, but there's so many lovely lines. There's so many unexpected moments. Um, I think as a writer-director... It's a really great debut. Uh, you. Max Patkin. Oh, really? <laughs> do you know they nearly killed him? I didn't tell you. Did you read this trivia? Oh, no. So they filmed a scene. Wait, so... shall we do the story behind him first? Yeah, say who you, he is. So Ma- Ma- Max Patkin is uh, known as the clown prince of baseball. He's the gangly guy at the start who does all the funny faces, like rubbery limbs. Um, fascinating story. So he, uh, in World War II, he was stationed in Hawaii and he was pitching for a service <laughs> team and he was playing against the legend in baseball, Joe DiMaggio. And Joe DiMaggio homered off the right-hander that Max Patkin threw. He got a home run. Oh. The best thing you can do right, in okay. baseball. Yep. And uh, in mock anger, Patkin threw down his glove and then followed DiMaggio around the bases. Everyone cracked up and that's how his career was born. <laughs> and so he became this huge star. Like He made over 4,000 appearances at various matches and just did mm. that routine that you see briefly in this. Yeah, yeah. it looked, looked really annoying. It was really funny. <laughs> I quite liked it. <laughs> I thought yeah, it was great. I liked it. So they filmed, uh, they filmed a funeral scene for him and then cut it. Is my fact. It's my trivia. Oh, I thought you meant they nearly killed him. Somehow. Oh god, no, no, no! They just because they had a wedding, so it's like one could have right, a funeral, right, right. but uh, it was too much. Uh, you did yours, didn't you? So my, mine's Susan Sarandon, obviously. Um, it's really hard to make me empathise with and root for, and maybe aspire to be a groupie. But man, she fucking did it! Like it's that I went on such a journey. Um, and what would you change? Alex. Uh, more baseball, uh, please. If it's going to be the greatest sports movie of all time, <laughs> then it should be about sport more. <laughs> I just think it needs to balance the sports drama with the relationship drama. Uh, it seemed inconsequential which sport provided the backdrop to this movie. Uh, we didn't spend enough time watching baseball. Um, I wanted to see the winning streak put in jeopardy because of their pitcher and their catcher fighting over the same woman. You know what I was saying oh, earlier yeah. Yeah. about this idea of them not getting on because both of them want her. So you've got the the Durham Bulls on that winning streak that is told about in voiceover, but you see the game and you see <clears throat> like them actually start to throw the game because of their anger with each other. Like yeah. you know, all that stuff that we see done for a joke basically is actually done with the kind of like the relationship backdrop is the sort of like, oh my God, this actually matters now. The two plots interlink, the drama on the sports field, the drama in the romance, it's all <laughs> part of the same thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that that should be your act three. And uh, in the end, uh, they win the game. Newt gets to go to the majors, Crash doesn't, but he gets to get Susan Sarandon, Annie. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, I like that. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I want. That's that's my act three. That's your fucking act three. There's your act three. That's great. Ron Shelton. <laughs> you hack. <laughs> uh, you. 
More voiceover. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Um, um, I liked watching this time. Uh, seeing the film wasn't really about sport. I mean, it's, it's got all the, the philosophy of baseball and it's all anyone talks about, but I like the fact it, it, they, they just weren't interested in that. It's about these people yep. and this romance. So I'm, I'm for that. But what I would also like to see for closure for me is, is Crash hit that home run that got that record that he didn't want. Yeah. Because I think he has achieved something by doing that. And I think it means more to him than he's letting on. And I think it would be satisfying if we're with him when he puts that to bed. Yeah, we, we And do he see can move that. on. Do we? Yeah, you definitely see him hit the home run because Annie's voiceover says and no one knew. But you see it on Kevin Costner's face ah. as he's running around the bases oh. and it means something perfect to him. Perfect film then. Absolutely yeah, perfect no, film. No, it passed I'm, me by because it's done. such a little moment. Well, unbelievable. <laughs> wow, that's great. Uh, my <laughs> Perfect film. No change. Great. No, no. no. Yeah, the, film I've, the film I've hated more than any other in recent memory. Perfect film. No, no. Oh, wow. Uh, my change is the complete opposite of your change. Because if it's not, Alex, because if it's not going to be a sports movie and it is going to be a love triangle, she needs to go on the road trip so that we can get a bit more of the love triangle stuff because she takes a dip oh, out of the narrative. Oh, girlfriends, wives and girl wags. <laughs> not wags. Yeah. <laughs> not the wags. Yeah. No, just her. Yeah. No, she could fuck everyone. I don't know. Like, no, wrong. They need to come from behind in that classic uh. way. Like... In, 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 <laughs> Well, <laughs> <laughs> that should be a joke in it. There you go. That would actually constitute a joke. Go on, what we say. And you know this game that I think needs to take place, you know, they come from behind in that classic thing crash and you have like they're in the lead and then this argument erupts about Annie and they go behind and then somehow on the pitch Men, they sort it out. <laughs> they, sort it they sort it out and go from behind to win, and it's that win that yep. gets Nuke into the majors. So Crash actively helped in the game get Nuke into the majors. Yep. everyone's happy. Yeah, okay. But I'm, what's yours? That is, that's it. She goes on the road trip. I don't like missing her out of the narrative for like ten or fifteen minutes because she's so central. It's basically her story because she gets all the fucking voiceover. So she <laughs> takes a minute away from Crash, and then she comes back. And it, what we've got then is quote marks the burgeoning attraction rom-com storyline whereas we could have rivalry and uh, ambushing each other and tripping each other up and whatever whatever mm. that's it alright that done 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 thank god uh, so we're going to do a quiz right. and this quiz is um, I'm going to give you the name of a baseball player okay you got to tell me if it's real or if I've made this name up. Okay. Because these American baseball players, they have some names. They really do. Okay. Okay. Starting with... Shooty Babbitt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say... Shall I start? Yeah. Well, do you both do it. Well, yeah, but we have to take it in turns about who goes first. I'll start this one then, shall I? Yeah. I'll go with true. You can say true if you want. Yeah. I'll say false. True. Shooty Babbitt played for the Oakland Athletics. Uh, Vicky. The Oakland yeah. A's. <clears throat> Moneyball. Vicky. Right. Yes. <laughs> Stop doing that. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, Roger Gently. <laughs> false. He's a cricketer. <laughs> I'm going to say false as well. Uh, yeah, he's false. Point to you both. <laughs> Why did that make you laugh so much? <laughs> it's not, um, uh, it didn't. Uh, ground beef. <laughs> true. Also true. 
No, I made that up. That was called ground beef. That was what's making me laugh. I read ground beef. I'm thinking of a ground ball that you actually get that in baseball. That's very funny. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> That's what I was laughing at. I read, I read ground beef and I changed what I was going to say. Um, urban shocker. Is this for me? Yeah. Uh, false. True. True. Urban shocker um, played for the New York Yankees and the St. Louis Browns. Uh, Alex, um, toured grip. True. Um, false. False. Vicky got that one right. Uh, Todd Grit was Sven Joran Eriksson's assistant manager well, for England. Good. Uh, um, Vicky, stubby clap. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> stubby clap is true. Uh, Alex, uh, razor shines. True. Also true. Yeah, true. Alex wins it. Yay! Well played, Alex. That was 5-4. Five, 5-4, four. Five, four, just to, just, very close? Six, just six, to yeah. be clear. A lot yeah. like last week. Yeah, one point in it. Six, yeah, six, yeah but also, this is like your perfect thing. It's hardly fair, is it? Oh, the Auckland it with summer. <laughs> Still beat you on shopping centres. Your specialist subject. It's not my specialist. Don't. It's not my specialist subject. <laughs> Ground beef. <laughs> right then. So next week, I don't know whether I've mentioned this already on the show, it's Chris's choices. Chris, have you got a clue for us? Yes, my clue is look to the skies. Ooh, that's nice. Look to the skies. Mm. Okay, that is your clue for next week's pairing. There'll be another one on the way on Twitter where we are at ClashPod, and that is it for this episode. Believe me when I say you want to subscribe to us if you haven't already and tell your friends about us. We are on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Check in with us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and, of course, our lovely new YouTube account. We'll be back on Thursday when we're talking about a very good movie called Tin Cup. Speak to you then. Have a great week. Clash of the Titles is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.